Hello everybody and welcome back to Casual Cognition in the new year and we are still here with you bringing you content now again every week. So happy to have you back and today we have a wonderful episode for you. We're going to talk about morality, evil, social media, and uh, of course we're going to take a little sidewinder and uh, today's sidewinder is going to be chatting about a little bit of fiction stuff and um, we're even going to get a little political in there or at least political for our podcast so stick around we've got a fun one for you so happy to have you here with us and we hope you enjoy the show And we're back. We're back, baby. After a little, little brief hiatus, little holiday like we gotta, hiatus. We got to put in like a like a roaring crowd sound. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see what I can do. I'm sure that I, won't I be feel too like difficult. A, oh yeah, you can you can pull that off easily, dude. With your. Uh, podcast producing prowess Ooh, look at that look at that uh, alliteration you haven't lost a step yeah dude we're right back at it once again we're we're coming at you pretty much every single damn week we always got all kinds of interesting stuff to talk about most of it's nonsense <laughs> But I like to think we learn a little bit along the way, and we're right here with all of you learning In, in the new year. Oh, man. I'm, I feel good about this year. I got, I got to say, man. I, last year was rough. It was, uh, it was a tough one, I think, for, for many of us. Yep. Um, but I'm feeling good. I'm super happy to be here with you, man. I am, too. I'm so pleased, and uh, especially since I've been feeling like shit, I have some really nasty allergies right now, so I've just been kind of like bleh the past few days, and um, yeah, so I this is going to lift my spirits ever so much to be talking with you, sharing this with listeners, and uh, just relaxing on this fine sunday but i'm i'm with you on the year man i feel good about this year i've been in already getting into a better habit of working out in the mornings going to the gym at like 7 seven thirty. so you don't think that this will be a year mired in evil as you know, many proclaim you know hank every year is mired in evil, or at least it has been for the past, you know, 10, 12,000 years or so, because it's just, it's just the way that our societies work. It's hard to have so many humans in one place without there being a few bastards among us. Well, isn't it also like, it's also in some sense, just half of the 
it's one side of the coin, right? Like there isn't, there aren't good people without evil people. Or like they're, you know what I mean? Well, that's an interesting one right there. Because, um, you know, if, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that we ascribe to the a little bit of that return to monkey ideology that um, our hunter-gatherer ancestors were a, a lot more, um, so shall we say, contented, and uh, shitbaggery was not really tolerated because everybody was reliant on each other. And at least within within those communities, though, right? Because then you yeah, you know, other issues. But well, like that's actually. I want to say something when you're done. I want to I want to add to this this uh, this branch here. Well, that's the interesting thing that uh, that I like to think about, especially when I'm learning about like ancient Greek philosophy and stuff like that, like pre-Socratics, especially is, you know, that that was kind of the advent of us writing down shit um maybe not the, the first time i'm sure there's others in before and you could argue that like the first codes of laws were also a form of this but us kind of defining morality and trying to mm. think through what is good and what is bad because if you look at like what our morality is now it's obviously very very different than what they came up with then and so if the moral code is this and you know, now looking back at them, it's changed. Are they still bad people for doing that? It's the classic like slavery thing of like, if uh, you know, yeah. back in back in the ancient times when it was just like in, in serfdom and stuff. If it was like, okay, well, that was just the expected thing for people to do. Are they as bad as somebody in the more modern time of of you know slavery that we clearly think are bad people? So, you know, if, if what what like is there I guess the big question I'm I'm getting at is is there an objective morality? Mm. I mean, no. I to me like that's my gut my gut reaction. Um at least without you know putting aside any kind of spiritual connotations. Yeah, well, it's it's actually really interesting that you bring that up because there has been this this wave recently where people have been going back through history and like pointing out certain historical figures and saying like, well, this person was actually a piece of shit. And it's like, well, by today's standards, mm -hmm. definitely, but as you say back then that's the just the status quo mm -hmm. that's just like what's going on so it's um it is it, i mean we did that with columbus right like <laughs> we fucking shit on that guy yeah uh and i stand and by like, it and i yeah columbus i stand by it shit. too <laughs> I, I definitely still stand by it but like it, it is very interesting um because then it's like, if you're going to do that with everyone, then it's like, okay, you're going to just throw, like, nobody's perfect. And that's kind of this, that's kind of the thing with going back to, you know, the good and evil thing. Like, like we all contain multitudes in some sense, and we contain the, just like the primal cosmic 
duality of light and darkness. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just like how those things manifest in us and how identified or actively disidentified with certain aspects of those um, polarities that yeah, make us like good yeah. or evil, depending on who you ask. Yeah, it's kind of the, the other um, thing I like to mention in this uh, argument anytime it comes up or this discussion I should say is that I don't really believe in like purely evil people or yeah or purely good people right and it's it's very easy to look at somebody who's you know a real a real nightmare of a person you know even take it to the extreme like a Jeffrey Epstein or fuck fuck it a Hitler you know, and, and, you know, like that's kind of those kind of guys are our view of pure evil. Right. But if you were to go through those people's, you know, lives and characters with a fine tooth comb, you'd be able to find these little nuggets of like of like virtuous behavior. You know, maybe. It's, yeah. And, and maybe it's you Hitler, like, you know, taking care of some cousin of his or something being generous to somebody else. It's like, OK, well, he's still an evil person. But there's these like little nuggets and, you know, hot take here defending Hitler. But it's more <laughs> to just it's more to just prove my point of like like it. And that's that just takes it to the extreme. And it's really important to not think of like people of differing political ideologies or people of differing countries or people of differing races or whatever as as being this this cartoonish evil thing that you've created in your mind because it's just not it's never the case nobody's ever evil just pure evil yeah that's true and also so much of it i i feel like like if you go back into into schittler's childhood i can guarantee you he got so fucking traumaed out from who knows what kind of whack shit was going on. Like, to to me, nobody's just, like, born like that. You know what I mean? Nobody's yeah. just born and then, like, has a neutral life and then goes on to be a fucking genocidal psychopath. Yeah, that's right? another interesting thing is, like, people aren't, aspect to this, people aren't, nobody's pure evil and nobody's born evil. And and then it does go back to kind of a nature versus nurture argument. Yeah. Um and like to me it's just it's it's a ridiculous argument because there's always both. It's both and like but, I mean I guess what I'm interested in is how much of both in what context like for what specific things, you know, what's yeah. the particulars of that because I find that very interesting. Yeah, and I think there's too many variables there to to generalize because and and the environment and genes interact with each yeah. other like with epigenetics. So it's like you can't even really you can't um, nail it down. Well, I guess there's like a delayed reaction though. That's kind of that's what I find fascinating. You have like environmental triggers that affect epigenetics and then it manifests itself through certain protein synthesis i guess like sp coding for specific proteins 
There's that some have really smart person just screaming at his monitor or his <laughs> head, his stereo or whatever, headphones. It's like, that's not how any of this works. <laughs> yeah, of uh, course, it's a vast oversimplification, but we're yeah. lay people here. I mean, yeah, but we cover a, I would say we cover a vast range of topics on this show. Yeah. We we're, we're we're commentators. We're not uh, we're not coming up with with stuff. We're just we're just uh, it's parody it, and in some sense it's a uh, in some sense it's it's the jack of all trades <laughs> uh kind of kind of thing which which is a blessing and a curse. Like yes. I I definitely yeah I I don't know how else to say it. Like it's it's really nice though. Like I think the main thing that's really awesome about being a jack of all trades is that you can kind of just pick anything up and be Mm -hmm. like pretty good at it you know like you're not gonna be necessarily amazing but just like in general you can try something out and like it usually goes decent yeah and i um to to bring this back to the conversation i i enjoy the aspect of it that I just get to relate to people a lot. I get to interact with a lot of different kinds of people through my many interests. And although I'm not like super good at any one thing, like I can, I can chop talk kind of stuff with a lot of different types of people. And it's really fun to get to know people who are just in, in these vastly different groups and, and come from, uh, such different backgrounds and I think that that's where a lot of my thought around this has come from because meeting so many different types of people has taught me this of, of what I've been talking about that like you know people are never as bad or usually not as good as you think they are you know it's um, if you have a negative opinion of them it's they're not as bad as you think they are if you have a positive opinion of them they're oh. not as good as you think they are once Dude, you get to know the- them and the fascinating thing about that is those are oftentimes like projections yeah of our own shit right yeah. so it's all like it's almost always that and i think we're well aware like we talk a lot about the negative part of projection where like we project basically our shadow mm-hmm. onto other people but i also find it really fascinating when when the opposite is true like when people project their good traits that they're like not recognizing in themselves onto other people yeah that does happen especially and it's with it's like fascinating close people who are really close to each other and admire each other yeah yeah and it's, it's fascinating because in some sense i feel like when you when you do that and you're not connected with your own sense of that it's like you're giving your access to it away and you're like putting it you know it's like an it's like an idol kind of thing when it's just like oh that thing is so is is perfect but then i'm yeah yeah it's um it's honestly for me and i think most people it's really hard to carve through my own projections onto people 
and oh, yeah. it's always like a jarring effect whenever somebody goes outside of your of your um, expectations of them in a in a big way. Uh, right. You know, if, if it's a negative expectation, it's just like, wait, what? If they do anything good, it's just like, hey, you're not supposed to be doing good stuff. You're not supposed to be doing something that I like. You're supposed to be evil. <laughs> you're supposed to be a mustache-twirling what... villain. <laughs> What am I supposed to struggle against if you're not an evil psycho? Yeah. <laughs> but that's, I mean, that is kind of part of, I feel like, what's driving a lot of this tribalism is, like, well, first of all, we so, like, we don't have meaning. We just strip that away with, like, you know, with uh, Mass kind of materialist and yeah materialist reductionist type thinking and like like ah yes religion is bullshit we do away with it we have science and like we have a bunch of cool shit from science right but then we're like oh but people are just killing themselves in record numbers like there we've never had a more sick population you know what i heard somebody told me this the other day i'm not sure if this is true um, so it could be, that yeah, could be the not sub line of our podcast. <laughs> All right. I'm not sure. <laughs> Somebody not told sure me this, this the other day true. and I'm not sure if it's true, but I'm going to say it anyways. Uh, they, they told me that there were more people in Australia. There were more people committing suicide than dying from COVID. That's an interesting one. I mean, Australia has been pretty, uh, been doing pretty good with their their covid numbers so it wouldn't surprise me all that much because i mean a lot of people commit suicide and like you said more than ever before i mean there's more people than ever before but you know how it goes yeah i did want to bring one thing up to uh just to kind of finish out the thought right is um so like uh this thing with with meaning and how it relates to maybe we can see if we we can find a connection with with meaning and how it relates to this question that we brought up before which is kind of like moral relativism well you know it's it's hard to for me to like nail down opinions on things because every opinion ends up being a sort of has a lot of caveats in it so kind of like the the COVID thing's a perfect example the this, this big question there's been a there's been a big question for a while now of, about school closures here in America and it's like alright well we know that if we open the schools there will be um, some level of uptick in the spread of the virus, and there will be some number of people that die additionally. But if we close down the schools and keep them closed, it has like this horrendous detrimental effect on the kids. Yes. And so, it, and on everybody, yeah. not just the kids, yeah, but like on the parents, literally everybody. Yeah. On the teachers, on everybody. Yes. And so that's um it's it's gotten to the point now where 
most people are pretty much like, all right, well, we need to open the schools. But then we started opening the schools and then the teachers started getting sick. So right now the big problem is that the, the schools are understaffed because the teachers mm. keep getting sick and they're having to go home. And so then some people have said like, well, just like keep them teaching if they have COVID and they don't have symptoms or something like that. And, you know, it's, it, it's like, it becomes this really difficult question where I don't think it's easy to, to just be like, oh, we need to do this black thing or this white thing. We need to open up all the schools. We need to close down all the schools. It has to be this kind of nuanced approach of, all right, well, maybe we need to get scab teachers in there, you know, people who can, you know, get in retired people or substitutes or something like that who can at least have the kids in school. And Might be a little sketchy to bring in the old retired people to the know. It's, COVID it's, nest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe not. Yeah, that's, that's true. Maybe not. Maybe not older people. Um, but I'm sure there's maybe there's, younger, younger, yeah, like student people. teachers, stuff like that. Speed up the. Process I mean, honestly, just people. yeah, and it's also. I feel like nobody is addressing the elephant in the room, which is that like if you're obese. You are so in so much higher danger than somebody who is at a normal weight. That's what like I've, your chances of going to the hospital are. I don't even know. I wish I knew the number, but it's like it's ridiculous. It's a, it is way higher, and it's actually been it's been annoying to hear from a lot of the people. You know, I'm I'm in an area that you know people just kind of say fuck it with COVID, and there's not really a way around it because everybody's kind of in agreement. Like uh, there's, I'd say maybe 25% of the people will wear masks indoors. Um, mm. So at that point it's, they're not doing all that much because everybody's fucking unmasked and the vaccination rate in this area is really low. But um, like I hear people say a lot like, Oh, well, you know, it's in, you're not at risk of dying from the virus unless or you're at an extremely low risk unless you have a comorbidity and i'm like well guess what like half the fucking country has the biggest comorbidity which is they're overweight yeah so so this is the thing though okay this that's such a fucking good point man and this is what bothers me so much about this whole thing is that there's no talk about that Mm -hmm. there's no talk about hey actually you should go outside because it doesn't fucking spread outside. And especially if it's like sunny or it, yeah, it's, we're not a, like, it's, it's you know, pretty don't, much, don't yeah, come to me for, for COVID outdoor, advice, but I'm pretty sure it doesn't yeah, spread be, out. Or spread, the, the spread rate is very low outdoors. I, yeah. I think obviously indoors. if you're, if you're stuffed in like sardines somehow in an open area, like it could probably could, but like in, in general outdoor yeah. is, is safe. And being healthy, like being healthy is the number one thing that you can do, not just against COVID, but just like against any disease, any fucking problem that you have in your life. It's easier to overcome if you're healthy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there's no talk about this. It's all about vaccines and mandates and rules and all this shit. And it's, and there's nothing about like, how about, look like eat whole foods and go outside yeah and well, the, nothing the, of that 
Nothing. Because it's it's not. I don't think people really are interested in. Um, whenever they're arguing about this kind of stuff, they're not really interested in like the actual. Um. The. the best solutions and stuff like that what they're interested in is like scoring points with either right. their side or you know making themselves again for their side or against somebody else right. and it's kind of like a like a posture posturing and virtue signaling kind of thing of like um you know if, if you're on the conservative side it, it's you know saying something about authoritarianism or getting some dig in about, you know, some study that, that shows a therapeutic that's working well or something like that. It's like, like they're not interested in like, oh yeah, this is what's best for us as a, as a society. It's, it's all about wanting to get one over on somebody else or be seen as, as doing the right thing by their own crowd. And, you know, so who's of course on they? The, the left side, it would be, talking about how important it is for everybody to continue um, doing whatever uh, protection that they want to do, whether it's masks or vaccines or whatever. And, you know, once again, it's like these things are all have like validity to them, but you're not arguing in good faith here. <laughs> you're just trying to scream into the void. Yeah. I think, I think when it's, like the focus of this stuff needs to shift to the particulars and i think like the the question of ma like masks and all the mandates and stuff like that is something that is much much better suited for like states and counties to do for their own uh, zone you know what I mean because then everybody just does what like each community just decides what they want to do and then they do it yeah well that's what we've been doing in America the problem is that we have a very diverse population and so like the people in both areas have been freaking out who don't agree with whatever the community decided to do yeah so if you're in New York or you're in LA or something like that people are freaking out um, who are conservative and who want, who are, are, you know, not worried about COVID or this or that. And then in areas where there's a lot more conservative people and they're just, you know, not doing anything, people are freaking out on, uh, who are more liberal. So it's, it's just like, like the issue, unfortunately, at least in America, doesn't go away with localized mandates and policies simply because we just we can't agree you know yeah and, and that's well that's honestly like that's social media a that's, big part that's of why it is social that's, media that's why the whole thing's gridlocked i actually think there, that social media has been like the one of the biggest problems in this whole thing because people People have a hard time understanding this stuff and, and you know, getting, like, up-to-date hourly in, uh, information about, like, complicated health policy is just, you know, we, we, we talk about, like, oh, it's good to be transparent and it's good for everybody to have access to the public knowledge. It's like, yeah, maybe, maybe it's best for them to just have a public statement 
uh, well, every month I or think... two. <laughs> So, th- so the not be able to fucking stick their noses in every part of stuff that they don't understand. I, I definitely think that people should have access to the information. But the problem is with social media is that it drives polarization by incentivizing inflammatory posts that get you in your fucking lizard brain. And that's the shit that goes viral. So it literally it doesn't take like it. It only will push the stuff that is fucking that terrifies you basically and that's it's literally driving polarization putting the u.s government in complete gridlock and like dude i listen to this there's a really good podcast i have to give a shout out to my man joe rogan dude uh he has tristan harris and one other guy on i forget the other guy's name unfortunately but they talk about this in the podcast, and they're way more knowledgeable than Nate and I on this. So I definitely recommend checking it out if this sounds interesting Speak to you. Speak for yourself, buddy. I'm an expert. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that podcast is really fucking good. They detail – they talk about all of this in detail and, like, you know, go through the mechanisms of how this stuff is happening. It's fascinating. Mm. Yeah, it's it's been pretty upsetting because it used to be that, you know, if nobody would be able to really access, like you could potentially access the information, but it wouldn't really spread. You'd have to go through a lot of work and effort and time to get it. But nobody would be able to find some, like, study by some obscure um group in some other country that says that uh, this vaccine is dangerous or says you know this this um such and such is is really working and it's you know a preliminary study it's not really designed to have a definitive answer but people uh, you know a layman finds it and then it gets on social media and it spreads to 500 million people across the, the world and even a lot of times in these situations even the scientists who are in charge of the studies are like whoa you guys are not you guys didn't uh didn't get what we were trying to to trying to put down and then there will be a retraction but i don't know if you know about this particular rule of thumb but generally speaking retractions get like a tiny fraction of the views that the original stories get so oh yeah a lot of stuff will spread around and then it'll come out that oh no that wasn't true or that was like i said a preliminary study and the results are extremely not they're not even meant to be conclusive it's just meant to give a direction on where to go and but it's too late the information is out there and now it's it's being spread around virally (laughs) it's being spread around faster than covid so it's just like yep i i like the access to information but it's there is a a double-edged sword to it and also and, but I, and social I think media it's, exacerbates it's not, the negatives yeah I, th- I think it wouldn't even be like it wouldn't even be a negative thing that information necessarily it's literally just the fact that somebody makes a post and makes some kind of outrageous claim based on the data and then that is what triggers people and then gets the the fear brain train going and that's what turns it viral right but like if you think about it if it wasn't like that most people would never even look at the data because they're not they're not interested in that at all they're looking at other shit so it would never even show up on their feed unless they were actively looking for it 
And then if they were, they would be more likely to actually look at the study instead of just, you know, just because that's the thing. It's just like attention, attention, attention. And you're just yeah. attention, attention. And then it's like, oh, what the fuck? Nah, something, you know, something to freak me out, something to freak out about. And then and it's like so that's to me the main issue it's like we should have we should definitely have freedom of information because the harsh and kind of sad reality is that most people aren't gonna look at it yeah yeah i i've been a little sad to see the uh small amounts of engagement i think they, the people probably just don't they're following nasa instead of this they, they made a separate Twitter file uh, profile for the uh, James Webb telescope. Mm. And uh, they don't have that many people like commenting and engaging on it. It's pretty cool. Actually, you can go on there and like ask questions and somebody from the, from the crew will usually answer it. If it's a decent question. Wow. Um, That's pretty cool. Yeah. They're, they're, they're actually answering people's questions. And, um, and here's one of the things that's great about social media and why it's not inherently evil, right? Like yeah. there's something amazing about what we can do with this communication, right? Yeah. But I never then, would have known about the website that I showed you about the James Webb telescope had it not been spread through social media. Exactly. So, but it, but it does come down to like, okay, so we need to isolate the problem and we know what the problem is. Well, but the at problem, least we know huge chunks of the problem come we, from we, fucking Zuckerberg himself. We know, we know some of the problem. It's a very complex problem also because it's like, okay, so you have this thing, and it's designed to maximize capturing attention. It does it extremely good because th this is what they said in the podcast. or I mean, I guess it's a common term, but like, so there's a race to the bottom of the brain stem. Race to You're going the bottom of the brain stem. straight down to that fucking lizard brain because that's what will capture our attention, right? And that's to maximize ad revenue, right? Mm -hmm. So it's there's a profit motive to do that in the best possible way, or but not best. You know, it's like only considering attention. This is the only thing that you know, that the neural net is like learning to do. It's just like attention, maximize yeah. attention. And it has this really fucked up side effect, which is affecting not just the gr like political gridlock, but also it's a huge part of our mental health crisis yeah. as well. And, oh my God. Negative goes things deep. get so much more attention than positive things. And, yeah. you know, news... 24-hour news channels learned that a long time ago. And yeah. um, Facebook in particular, they've been kind of catching a lot of heat and they're they're risking regulation over this exact thing about um, their algorithm being basically like unequivocally proven to cause huge amounts of harm through promoting negative stories all the time. And like they they intentionally promote things that will get you angry because they know it will drive engagement. And well, I think it's it's kind of this like cognitive dissonance thing. You know what I mean? Where I don't think that they have they like have those 
in their mind at the same time. Like, cause I think a lot of these people, they are like, they're just trying to do a good job. Oh, it's mostly Zuckerberg, dude. In the case of Facebook, like he's, that's why it's, it's such a weird thing because like he, I've heard some, some weird shit about Facebook recently, dude. Hit, so hit me up people, with the Zuckerberg gossip, dude. I haven't heard about it, him in a while. Well, <laughs> one of the things is that, that uh, some ex-employees have said is that he just, like, runs the whole show. Like, you, nothing happens at Facebook without his say-so. And if he, if he says something stays or goes, it's, it's final. And um, obviously he's not omnipotent. It's a massive company. But you know what I mean. You know, no big decisions without Zuck say so. And some of the big decisions that he's made are these really shady things about algorithmic engagement with negative content. And he's actually had to face some congressional hearings and some serious um, public scrutiny about this exact thing. One thing that came out recently was showing this study showing that um, like use of Instagram was directly causal to like teenage girls like committing suicide and being depressed oh, yeah. depressed and stuff like that it was it was this yeah horrifying it's pretty well uh, established at this report. point yeah and you know they facebook always or zuckerberg I'm, I, I don't even like to say facebook because like you said there's like a lot of people who are fairly benign in these places <laughs> um you know, it's it's always one of those one of those difficult questions of like you're working for this like kind of monstrosity and Mega you're not corp, a bad person, <laughs> but the company is bad. So are you a bad person? This gets back to the morality thing. Because back to the but, Nazi Nazi question, yeah, right? But yeah, but um, it's it, Zuckerberg is very resistant to switching up the algorithms in order to like really deal with this stuff directly because he knows it drives so much engagement and his yeah he's made gonna, a lot dude, of their company, stock's gonna fucking crash after after they have to change that they and yeah they really know <laughs> this too they really know that that um tackling the problematic part is going to cut down their profits quite a bit dude I feel um, like they're gra- they're grasping at straws at this point. Like they're oh, trying to find a way to hold on with the metaverse and shit. And it's just the like fucking the the excuses that he comes up with are just the the most ridiculous bullshit you've ever heard. I it's mean, like in, the it's the, like the Tower the of Babel, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's getting getting too tall. I I mean I really hope the government breaks up Facebook and and. Uh, uh, they've they've been talking about that specific thing. I think it might get done. Um, well, I suppose the best the way to make sure that it happens is to stop using it and move on to something else. Well, and they, then if enough people do that, then they're bust. That's that's the tough thing is that they they've been gobbling up all these different platforms. Yeah, but there's still there's there's going to be a solid alternative for every mm-hmm. single one of the services that they own. It's yeah, true, but I, like, actually, we but, can't not use Instagram not, with the podcast. You know, we got to have an Instagram. Yeah, you got to if you're, if you're a fucking artist of any kind, you got to have it have an Instagram. It's just part of the game. Ah, uh, fucking bastards! I know, dude. Just it's it's escape. a tough one. It's a tough one. So, um, and you know, WhatsApp is used by 
a, a massive number around the world is like their main communication because they don't have yeah. like cell service, but they have internet and they use yeah. WhatsApp. I was using it for a lot. I pretty much use it for all my communication until Facebook bought it. And then I'm like, God damn it. Now I have to use some shitty ass open source. <laughs> I, can, I mean, I got to say that's amazing though. Like yeah, signal's this, good. I like signal. It, it's a it wax out of me every now and then, but it's, it's like significantly worse than something like WhatsApp or messenger in terms of the quality of the service. But just the fact that a bunch of people got together mm -hmm. and made this thing completely for free, that is open source. So like they can't, they essentially can't like monetize it. Yeah. And they're just like, we're going to make this for people because we think it's important. And then, Very of course, cool. you can donate to help sustain the project because it costs money to fucking do all this stuff yeah. and to run the servers and all that stuff. And like, and they, you know, they took it from, in my understanding, they took the privacy like very seriously, you know, end to end yeah, encryption and all of that stuff. And like, that's fucking awesome. That's that like, that's a great example of something that's just good in that happens that you never hear about because you only hear about the bad things. Yeah, you don't I mean, hear about this group of nerds who, in, who built this fucking telecommunications application for free that protects your data. Yeah, and there's a there's a lot of open source tech stuff like that. I'm yeah. currently recording on one of them, Audacity. And dude, um, and OBS. And OBS. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, there's there's a a lot of good that comes out of um this interconnectivity that we have um but i did want to get back to that that thing we just touched on that uh question of is the the random facebook employee working for the company or may, maybe you know i'm not let's 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 uh make it a little easier and say not a uh we're not talking about a janitor for one of the buildings we're talking about a um you will say a middle manager, you know, somebody who's got some people under him doesn't can't influence company policy, but, you know, manages a, a, a portion of their workers and, you know, makes a good salary from the company, has good benefits. Is that person, you know, obviously we've established he's they're not a bad person, but is that person doing something immoral? I think t these these questions are very difficult to address because it's it's so much about the particulars yeah of that person and their behaviors and yeah. like how how they're influenced because you know even like there can be people like that this does happen where they can't have a direct influence of like this is like this now but they can kind of subvert in a way like in a very small way just with their intention and with a kind of gentle guiding hand to like try to you know push it <laughs> in the right direction you know what i mean so, like so that's rather that's than the, disengaging completely yeah that's that is an interesting and thing letting that, the ship run aground well bro that's that's something that's been brought up a lot in the trump administration or um 
the former Trump administration, thankfully, um, <laughs> <laughs> was like these. There was a lot of people who had the, who made that argument. They were like, "Well, I really don't like what's going on, but I'm going to stay because." And a lot of times this was in hindsight, like I didn't like what was going on, but I stayed in to to do that because I thought that me leaving things would be even worse. So I tried to guide things and in, in the in, mm. in the way that I could. And there was it was kind of brought up that like, OK, well, what what is the responsibility there? Do you resign or do you do that? And some people um, like uh, Mattis. He was the the defense secretary. Um, he did like genuinely do that, like was stood up to Trump whenever he got a little wacky on foreign in interventionist policies, and you know tried to like calm things down and mm. keep things from getting from escalating, and so that was that was a good thing. And I think that, like you said, it really depends on the conduct of the person in there because you can yeah. have that potential, but do you use it? Because right. it can be very hard. Yeah, it can be very – it takes a lot of courage to do that sort of thing. Yeah. Especially in a company like like Facebook where, you know, if you draw the, the evil eye of Zuckerberg <laughs> – <laughs> He may just incinerate you. Oh my uh, god. Draw the that... gaze from the tower. <laughs> wow. That is that is amazing. And like for if if some godforsaken soul out there hasn't seen Lord of the Rings and has no idea what we're talking about, then you fucking crawl out from under your rock and watch at least The Fellowship of the Ring, which is uh, the first one. Probably but the you might as well the go movies. the whole fucking 11 hours and watch all of them. Watch the extended versions, too. They're like four hours a pop. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Yeah, I... um. Wait, you thought the first one was the weakest? I th uh, yeah, I think that the the I think that the Oof. second and third ones were were better than the first one, but not, I I think that that's uh that's like it's kind of like the original Star Wars trilogy like yeah, you know, the first one's the probably the weakest in my mind, but there may either the first or the third one, but that's you know, it's the the weakest of a trio of legendary, uh, legendarily awesome movies. So it's still an, an incredible movie, and I like it. But I like, I think I like the second hmm. and third ones better. Interesting. I, you know what? I, w when I watched them again recently, the first one was really the one that stuck out to me because the second and third, they're f I love those movies, and they're uh, but they're also like extremely kind of like violent and yeah, epic, action which is, oriented yeah they're very action oriented which makes them extremely epic and like the way that it ramps up like it's super mm -hmm. super awesome but for me like the the first movie is just so good mm -hmm. as as its own as a movie like it's so beautiful the the whole um you know because it's kind of the beginning stages of the hero's journey and like yeah the way that it brings you into this world and yeah there's a lot more dialogue there's a lot more kind of like mystery and and also 
this beautiful, like idyllic uh, naivety of these young hobbits. And like when Frodo first sees Gandalf riding in his cart and he's like, Gandalf, and he jumps. It's just like the <laughs> cutest fucking thing, dude. Oh, that, that, that score, that oh my god the score that music is so good yeah that that uh that song will like that's what gets tears to my eyes yes it's the score too like you oh (laughs) i actually i read the silmarillion recently and i want to reread the actual books um i want to read those as well because i haven't read them since i was a kid and i recently uh, read a fantasy trilogy that i really enjoyed as a kid and i was just like oh this is great i need to i need to revisit some some stories that i read whenever i was younger i've realized that rereading books is actually something that i really enjoy after not reading them for many years yeah it's i don't know why it didn't occur to me before but it's the same sort of thing as like watching a movie you haven't seen in a really long time or playing a video game you haven't played since you were a kid it's like it's basically a new experience yeah it's completely new experience you especially well not even especially but well yeah maybe especially with books that are that for one reason or another work for you on like multiple levels Mm -hmm. so for me like a a book like siddhartha by herman hesse like Mm -hmm. when i read that book it affects me on multiple levels yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean like there's the storytelling aspect of it like in a macro sense like the story arc and the narrative and that whole thing and then there's like the micro of how he writes and then the simplicity with which he writes and the like i, th- I think i've said this before but one of the things for me with herman Hesse is that he has this thing where he, in my experience, he'll write very simply. And then he'll, there'll be like one word, one multisyllabic word almost in a paragraph. So, and that one word will perfectly describe what he's said. Like it gives the, the extra flavor that you don't get from like the simple version of that word that gives you like just enough extra flavor and context to get like exactly it's so precise he makes you feel like a fancy pants well not not even that well uh, yeah if you know the words then it's it's yeah it's like "Mm, this is quite scintillating read (laughs) (laughs) yeah so there's that part of it as well and then there's the like the mythological perspective and the psychological perspective and the spiritual perspective. Mm-hmm. And it's just working on all these different layers and it's just like, wow, this book is fucking amazing. Yeah, the one that I've uh, I, I reread is a just a classic high fantasy. <laughs> like, uh, it, was, it was actually inspired a lot by Lord of the Rings and other similar old oh. British... Um, tales and uh what's the what were they called it's called the elenium by david eddings it's a trilogy Hmm. the diamond throne the ruby knight and the sapphire rose and uh it's easy reading 
and it's just like a just highfalutin fantasy, you know? Yeah. Um, a, a classic quest, you know, magic, swords, um, stuff like that. But I remember reading it as a kid and, and enjoying it a lot because it actually has a lot of adult themes in it. Hmm. Like, like if a city, you know, if a city gets sacked, there's going to be rape. And if a, you know, if somebody gets hit by a sword or something, you know, there's like a bloody description, you know, maybe they get their arm lopped off or something like that. There's a lot of head chopping, a lot of hangings. Um, so it's, it's kind of like an R rated type of tale. But yeah. it's also high fantasy, so it's like it's like an action fantasy. It's like Lord of like <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Lord uh, of the Rings is movies. considered to be like I think it's considered. To, I can't remember if it's considered to be high fantasy or not. But it's it's a lot more like serious in tone. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of humor in these books. There's a lot of like predictable mm. kind of pulpish action and and. Uh, a lot of storylines and stuff. Yeah, it, it, at least at least <laughs> banal a, action. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and it's it's not very hard to guess what's going to happen in the book. Right. There's a few twists and turns, but you know the you know the hero is going to save the damsel in distress and all that. Good right. Stuff. So it's like very cliche and yeah. kind of. But it's it's really well done pulp fantasy. <laughs> that's what i would describe yeah it it's, it's it's not one of those ones that people will still that people will be talking about it's still like with lord of the rings it's just like it, fa- it you're gonna it, enjoy it will it. fade into an obscurity but it'll it'll uh yeah it's, it's more like a marvel movie a than a lord of the rings right right <laughs> oh nice nice man you know that that reminded me one of my favorite series growing up um was the red wall series i'm pretty sure you oh yeah read some wall. of those as well i didn't read the entire series but that's another one i keep forgetting to i'm gonna maybe i'll maybe i'll dip my toes into that next that's a dude i if remember I have, loving those if i have uh if i have children i'm gonna fucking read them those books even though they're i mean it's not it's it's i think it was fine i, I think i read them in like fifth grade but man I love those books. I I really love those. I I remember fucking staying home from school one day, like waking up and just, oh man, this is actually such a nice memory. (laughs) Remember waking up in the morning one day and I just really fucking didn't want to go to school. You know, one of those days where it's just like, fuck. I just really don't want to go to school today. And usually my mom would, like, convince me to go to school <laughs> anyways, even when I, like, mildly didn't want to. But this time I really didn't want to go to school. And I just, like, Bob, please, I don't want to go to school today. <laughs> and she's like, all right, honey. And I just remember I fucking sp- I spent eight hours laying in uh in my parents bed reading redwall just the entire day reading i read like an entire book in one day and it was just like it was such a it was like it's a it's now that i think about it it's a, it's really a beloved childhood memory for me you know like that was a 
I enjoyed that so much. It was such a such a nice day, and it was you know it was a very novel experience. No pun intended. Uh, <laughs> so like, needless to say, Redwall has a very special place in my heart. And for anyone who doesn't know about the series, um, so it's like a it's a fable. So all of the characters in the story are like they're anthropomorphized animals. So yeah. like they're they're like Main people, but they're yeah, exactly. And well, it depends on which book you read, which is really oh, cool. Yeah, that's but true. Um, so it's kind of this like interspe. There's a bunch of different species, and it's also interesting how speaking of like good and evil, how in that book, like generally a certain species is good or evil. Yeah. In, you it's know like what I mean? Rats like, are bad. Like yeah, rats and, and foxes and, and stoats and weasels. <laughs> and like, uh, but yeah. And then like the good guys generally are like badgers, like, otters, mice, hares. Uh, and then like there were, there were some, some of the like, birds um, are bad. Some of the birds are good. Some of the birds are bad. And some of them are like neutral. Some of them yeah. are kind of like they can go either way, which is also really interesting. Yeah. And they're much more books. aloof and like, you know, like especially the birds of prey, like yeah, the bigger like birds, like they're they kind of like they're in their own world in a in a sense. And they kind of. Yeah. Very, very I good. love those books. And they're really, really um, interesting from I think that was one of the one of the things that got started getting me very interested in mythology, actually. You know what I mean? Because like all those books, especially the first ones, there's like the whole there's the prophecy and like the, uh, you know, the the legend of Luke. And like there's this whole fascinating like history and mythology embedded within those books. Yeah. And it was. um... Oh, and moles, dude. Remember moles? Moles. They had their this crazy accent. (laughs) I remember I couldn't read it at first. I had no idea what they were saying. And then I slowly learned. Yeah. Yeah. What they were saying. It was through context clues. That was fascinating. That was incredibly well written. It reminded me of this other one uh, that I just I just had to look this up. This is the the magic of Google because I I couldn't remember the name of this or the name of the trilogy or anything about it except for the villain's name, Jupiter the Cat. But I remember Mm. the kind of themes of the book uh, or the books. This was a trilogy, same sort of thing, a fable with anthropomorphized mice as the main characters. It's called who's the the author? Robin Jarvis. Interesting. And it's uh, it's called the Deptford Mice Trilogy. And Mm. it was like I remember I read this because it was suggested by uh, I think it was a librarian um, because I was reading the Redwall books. And um, I expected it to be, you know, similar to those. And it turned out to be like. Like a dark fantasy. And I dug it. It was like a almost like it had like a lot of horror aspects to it. Whoa! Um, I remember at one point during like somebody gets strangled by like a by like a voodoo creature, <laughs> like and somebody, some, like a sorceress had summoned Whoa. up. Yeah, it was some. There was like a lot darker themes, and it was really really good. I I, I need to re- revisit some of those because I love. Um, I enjoy easy reading kind of stuff like that like 
okay, well, reading Redwall may not be as cerebral as reading Steppenwolf. Um, may not be as stimulating to the to the intellect, but it's it's enjoyable and it's um, I find it to be a lot more of a positive uh, way to engage in like fiction, like reading books or listening to books, and hmm. than uh, than like watching hours upon hours of TV, right. Um, or even then listening to, uh, podcasts that you, that are just entertainment podcasts. Hmm. Um, I just find that reading fiction or listening to audiobook fiction is just a, just a generally positive thing to do. Um, I'm sure you can overdo it just like anything else like that, but, um, I, I've been enjoying I'm taking a little break from some of the Warhammer fiction that I've been reading for a while. So, hmm. and I, I like my favorite genres are science fiction and fantasy. So, hmm. I'll, uh, I'll have to pick up Redwall in this Deptford Mice book. Yeah, that'd be really books. fun to go back and read read some of those. Mm-hmm. But it's always it's always a struggle to, for me to even or not always, but it can be a struggle to just decide what to fucking read because there's so many amazing life-changing books out there you couldn't even possibly read all of them in a lifetime like i try to have a few going at once usually yeah that's that's the method that i like and then some like non-fiction learning type i think that's a really nice way to go about it and then like what i'll usually do is at night read the fiction and then during the day here and there reading the uh non-fiction and that seems to work out really nicely because there's a cool kind of connection with like the imagination and then like and active imagination and also sleeping and dreaming so it kind of like Mm -hmm. there's a natural segue there yeah i've gotten into the habit of sleep timering my audiobooks for like 10 or 15 minutes at night and falling asleep oh yeah that's that's i don't know if that's a bad thing to do but it seems to help me fall asleep yeah i I think you you probably want to or i have no idea but i I would want to not do it sometimes just so that i know that i can sleep without it if i'm like super tired I don't bother because I'll be asleep in two minutes and yeah. then I'll just have to find my place where I fell asleep. <laughs> I'm like, head. right. But it's really helpful if I don't really feel that sleepy, but I need to go to bed. Because mm. if I lie down for 10, 15 minutes with that on, I'll usually go to sleep. Okay, nice. So that's nice. But um, yeah, this has been quite the, quite the sidewinder. Yeah, man. I, I have to say I've been having an absolute blast with with uh, everyone here, wherever they may be in space and time. Oh yeah, it's been feels really good to be fun. back. It really does, man. I'm. I, it's such a it's such a pleasure. It really is to to talk with you and and you know we we haven't forgotten about all of you listening. Like we we still we still want to talk with you too. Oh okay? yeah. We, uh, 
we have got to figure out a better like okay so first of all i think most people have gone they've um evolved beyond the email thing <laughs> like i think we we have to shift the or like one thing that we could try is is like shifting the focus to uh what do you think twitter yeah twitter probably and also i think we ought to just open up the discord just make it open um if we get down the road and there's a shitload of people in there then maybe close it off to patreon only again but i think we ought to just make it open yeah because yeah but I, w I would really like to facilitate like a wider um engagement yeah, net. yeah just like wider communication and like more i want to get more of a twittering. back and forth kind of thing going yeah so follow, all of you listening on twitter i may have the occasional interesting thing i actually have been retweeting some cool stuff We've got there some you cool go, Nate's. Nate's getting cool into stuff. it. I'm. I'm getting into it. We're get. We're gonna. We're gonna. We're gonna do it. We're gonna say cool things. The year of social learn. media. <laughs> oh God! Doesn't that sound like as, a nightmare? As we're like talking about how as we're fucking shit talking social media. <laughs> we're just like, hey guys, follow us on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, fuck. How do fuck we? Fuck you, get, Zuckerberg. How do we? <laughs> How do we get around? How do we, we got to figure something out about that, man? I don't. I don't know if we can be entirely morally consistent on this one. I think it's a. I think it's a, a necessary evil, as I said, for artists. <sighs> Fuck. It's just how but, it is. Okay, but um, we're we're okay. But, but here's we the are deal. trying we're to influence. Steering the ship. We're trying to in the right direction. In a positive way. That's what we're trying we to do. We are about love and openness communication collaboration willingness to accept that we're wrong maybe even about most things <laughs> and also okay? willingness to accept other people being wrong without you needing to correct them without it being your job to change their mind unless they're actively seeking to update their software like because because for me that's what that's what i want to do like i oh, want yeah, well, to different. get conflicting information so i can it's be more like Wait, strangers what you know? is that yeah yeah of course of course but but i think like so we need to engage with the people who are on our on our i mean the people who are listening right like we're mm -hmm. we're operating here at a some kind of range of wavelengths right and we kind of have a general idea of like okay these these things seem valuable right like we we have certain things that we we talk about and a lot of it is like totally just a waste <laughs> i mean not a not a waste of time as we've explored in previous episodes but like maybe it's not the most it doesn't Oh, and this actually begs the question, because I, I was about to say, maybe it doesn't have intrinsic value, but then that opens up a whole nother fucking can of worms of like, does anything have intrinsic value? And yeah. it actually, it actually, I agree with the, the Austrian school of economics on this one, which is that value is subjective. Like I can, I can really fucking get behind that. I saw, saw people arguing about this and one person 
was like, food is intrinsically valuable to humans, so there, you're an idiot or whatever. And it's like, okay, okay, let's cool it for a second. Food is intrinsically valuable to humans. Well, okay, let's particularize it. So let's take a human. And let's say that human has nothing but food. If you try to offer him food... He's a farmer, say. He's a farmer. He's got food. Like, he needs other stuff. He needs tools. He needs um, a shelter. He, you know, stuff, different uh, other things, right? So, like, if you're, if you're sitting on a pile of apples and you've eaten your fucking fill of apples and you've been eating apples for so long that you're fucking sick of it and you can't even imagine eating another apple... Apples don't have any value to you, like, yeah. in that moment. You're not going to buy an apple, right? So to me, like, and that's, that's the whole way that the fucking stock market works. Like, and it's, it's to me, it's, it's painfully obvious when you see the kind of shit that happens where, like, somebody will make a tweet about some company or, or cryptocurrency Mm-hmm. And then it will just skyrocket or completely or, crash. Yeah. And yeah, it's like it's, oh, it's completely the Bitcoin. It was just like a broken heart, sad face emoji. And it was just like tanked Bitcoin's price for a while. Yeah. That was and, well, nuts. And dude, think about this though. Like th- that's a really good point. But then on the other side, there's also him going on Joe Rogan and smoking weed and then and Tesla yeah. stock just crashing. <laughs> Tesla stock. That you was know what I mean? hilarious. I and mean, so like, that was... to me, it's like, it's obvious. This has nothing to do. I mean, it has something to do with something that you could call intrinsic value about mm-hmm. the company. But like at the end of the day, it's completely subjective. Yeah. Even if, even if it has some kind of like utility, you know what I mean? It's totally subjective. In, in I mean, my I think opinion. that uh, I'm I'm also of the sort of philosophical stance, as we kind of talked about with our uh, talk about objective versus subjective morality. Um, I think basically everything that exists is subjective. Um, there's very little objective reality, mm. if any. Um, you know, it's the closest you could get would be like colors or something like that but like, even that though you know you never know if somebody else's green looks different than your green well and it does we know for a fact like Some other animals yeah. that and and people that are colorblind and stuff like they yeah. have different configurations of cones and rods or they like don't yeah. have rods or whatever so like they perceive light in a completely different way and then yeah. there's also crazy like fish and crabs and other creatures that like see and like insects and stuff that see ultraviolet yeah and they like see wavelengths that we can't see at all and it's like um yeah i mean i think it it only it's almost like maybe the like one percent or like maybe the the thing that we can call objective reality would be i mean that's basically what we're trying to measure with science right like that's to me like that's the realm of science Science should be dedicated to like, okay, let's take what we can call objective reality, which is mm. essentially like energetic patterns that we can understand in a way where we like know 
you know, we can put in an input and get a reliable output. Like that's yeah, that's, that's mathematics the point of is probably the other the other thing I would say was like the closest thing you get to objectivity. Right. And like, so that's the job of science and that's fucking great. And it's extremely valuable, but it's also like, if we deceive ourselves into thinking that that's the only thing that's, that matters and that's the only thing that's going on and that subjectivity doesn't matter. And it's, and it's somehow like wrong or false or like, uh, I don't know what you call it, what you call it, but like, we need that layer. We need both. We need both. Like, yeah. you know, I know, I know we've figured out that the brain is no longer, or I mean, like, it's not as simple as like left brain, right brain, but like, it is still basic. you know, for all intents and purposes, like it's, we have logic and we have romance. We have reason and we have creativity. We have order and chaos, and it goes back to the light and dark thing that we that we talked about, like in the in the beginning, you know, like. So, I don't know what to make of that, but it blows my mind, and it's uh, it's fascinating having these conversations, and I'm really excited to have more conversations with people like us and people very undifferent to us i i would love to have some still like, waiting on our first hate disagreements mail. with people <laughs> still i'm still waiting for it i'm hoping yeah. that it'll it'll show up one day somebody saying what a piece of shit we are because <laughs> of this or that opinion i'm waiting for it so you've been, if you've been waiting to hit us up and you've just been fuming with rage every time you listen to this podcast but for some reason you just keep on coming back we I do that ready. with some things. Do? I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know how you would rage that hard against this podcast. But yeah, I'll rage watch some things sometimes. <laughs> I rage, especially like um, there's this there's this radio show on on uh, eight seventy AM here um, out of New Orleans <laughs> that uh, is is this this sheriff and um, he. Uh, most of the time, he's actually a pretty reasonable guy, but he's, you know, he's a, just a straight up conservative, um, not like a crazy MAGA conservative. Um, you know, he's a reasonable guy, but I listen to his program, even though I disagree with him on most of his opinions. Um, and it's kind of like a hate listen, but I enjoy it. You know, sometimes I do kind of be like, oh, you how could how could you say that? That's so fucking <laughs> wrong. But but um yeah, I guess it's I guess it's a little less of a of a rage inducing thing. Like I'm not I'm not sitting here watching Tucker Carlson. Um but it, it I, I guess I do there's sometimes I'll watch videos on YouTube of people commentating on stuff that guys like him or used to be like Rush Limbaugh, now it's like him and Hannity and uh and some of the people on like the the like Newsmax, um, maybe like a Ben Shapiro or something like that. Ben Shapiro is usually not doesn't say too too much shit. Maybe a Steve Crowder or Steve Crowder, Stephen Crowder. Just like the the very inflammatory, yeah, like hard right people. Yeah, sometimes I I uh, I will watch videos of commentating on that, but usually it's not. 
I don't enjoy because so, people have different approaches to it. Sometimes people will do it in a comedic way. Sometimes people will do it in a I'm going to fucking scream into the microphone about what this person said kind of way. Yeah. Yeah, I don't usually like that, but it's, it can be fun to watch people have um, lighthearted um, roasting of people like that, people like Tucker Carlson. Okay, I just, I just had an idea. What you this got? This is completely out of left field. Uh, here it is. This is the... I have a request for our audience. Okay. And you're going to help me formulating this request. This is in closing, by the way, because I think the there needs to be a, re- a recency of this for it to actually work. Uh, you'll see what I mean. So, I would like to ask you, our dear listener, to send us a message on whatever platform you wish. It could be email, it could be Twitter, Instagram, it could be a voice message that you can go to on uh, Anchor. We'll have the link in the show notes. And tell us what you thought about this episode. We're going to use and if you want to, if you want to, this is optional. Here's extra credit. You can do keep, add, more, and less. And tell us for each of those things. What should we keep? What should we have add? So something that wasn't there that should be there. What should we have more of? And what should we have less of in your opinion? Okay. I think that would be fascinating to hear what the folks think about that you know if some uh, kind-hearted soul wanted to go through that kind of feedback effort um i mean this is basically what every company does they're just like oh you'd like to want to do a survey, survey? <laughs> 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 that's pretty much what you're asking you're asking yeah. people to do is take, a, take a survey see feedback. feedback survey yeah it actually is that's why every company asks ask because it's actually really helpful so yeah, that would be that would be lovely. We would, I think we would have a lot of fun going through those also. So, uh, and if that's too much to ask, then, like, uh, you know, just like there's also a little box just at the end of the survey. Give us that's a just thumbs like, up or thumbs us, down emoji. Give, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, we we love you so much. We appreciate you coming in and hanging out with us uh it means the world and we we really uh would like to chat and yeah and get the ball rolling here because i know i mean this is super fun for both of us just to talk to each other but i know that all of us would would benefit from um having having a discourse and and we're not exactly sure how to do that yet but like just by opening the lines of communication i feel like we can you know, it's we're distributing the cognition. You know, right now it's your and I's brainchild, but we want to create a mega mind. Yeah, um, well, one thing that I all um, minds are welcome. Yeah, one thing that I am doing that I will also offer to the listeners is like 
I'm going to be, it does take a little while for me to put shit together and schedule things out. It's just kind of difficult. So you got to, got to be kind of patient about the time, um, or the timeline for it. But I am going to be recording some episodes with just random people who I've never met before, um, through the, uh, some of the discords that I'm a part of, um, People who I, I know will be interested in the kinds of things we're interested in and not be shitheads, but um, that who I do not know personally. So mm. um, one way that you could potentially interact with us is you could just come on the podcast. Um, mm. We are not, you know, this may, if you're listening to this in the future and we've blown up <laughs> across the world, it may not be able to happen. But at this point, we're small enough that you know, we can we can make that happen. So I mean, you can always give it a shot. You know, there's yeah. no there's no harm in trying if yeah, that's I something uh, that, that you'd like to do. Yeah, I've had multiple people on. We've had we've had multiple people on already who have just kind of listened to it, liked it, and we came on. Usually, you know, they're our friends, but um, sometimes not. So yeah, um, there's lots of ways that we can continue to engage, but. I think uh, I think we could probably wrap it up to, for today. Yeah. And thank uh, we're you back all so to, much. Uh, back to a regular schedule, so you'll see us again next week. We love you, and uh, thanks for joining us in this new and exciting year. Peace out. Bye, everybody.